0: 29 minutes after 8 p.m. tonight, we have the pleasure of being joined by a uh, former CEO of the South African Airways. And maybe that's not the way to introduce him. I don't think he would like me to introduce him in that way. But uh, he's the founder of Elita Communications. He is a uh, entrepreneur, uh, an ecosystem supporter, now a startup founder in the world of telecommunications. And yes, formerly with uh, the management team at SAA uh, and also the management team out at Vodacom. Uh, Elite Communications recently launched in Tanzania, uh, out in uh, Buffalo City, and uh, yeah, Viani Chakana is his name. is my guest tonight. We talk about bringing low-cost broadband and fiber into the townships from five rand per day. He's my guest tonight for our Tech Conversations. Mcherez, good evening. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much, uh, long, well, and also uh, thank you to your listeners.
0: You know, the last time I think I spoke to you was in my other life and on another station and we were talking about the numbers. Uh, the last I'm sure it must have been the last set of numbers we maybe saw uh, from yeah. the national carrier. So I, I'm glad we speak under different circumstances at the moment. Um, and... Um, I've been hearing a lot. You've been very busy in uh, the uh, uh, Eastern Cape, um, not only just in so far as Elita is concerned, but also in the broader ecosystem, trying to work in a space that uh, you've worked in for many years. Uh, Elita is the latest. Uh, what is it? Yeah. Um, and uh, more importantly, what is it that you're trying to do here?
1: Yes, uh, uh, Elita is a, a new kid on the block. It's uh, focusing on providing broadband, low cost broadband. Uh, super fast into the township and uh, because we have identified that there is a gap in 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 the township uh, in terms of the quality of service as well as the price uh, we know that the telecom sector works on a commercial model that based on uh contracts if uh, if you have got a 12 a 24 month contract you get the lowest unit cost but mm. also get a lot of devices in if you have if you buy prepared bulk you get the lowest unit cost now, the challenge is that the capacity to do all these things in the township and rural areas is limited, yes. which means those people are paying their highest unit cost in general uh, for the service. There lies the opportunity to actually provide affordable superfast broadband mm. uh, within within the envelope, within they can afford. So that's where the business case sits, and that's what we're trying to do, provide affordable broadband, quality broadband, superfast fiber into that market mm. and start to equalize inequalities on the digital and it's caused by a digital
0: divide yeah you know i was raising earlier with my colleague Andile, um some of the um, backhaul issues and you might maybe want to explain to us what, yeah. what that might be right because you know with some Tanzania this weekend um and i can tell you you know when you go to certain parts of the eastern cape maybe Tanzania is a bit better if you go into the interior uh there are massive challenges even in getting functional and reliable 3g connections in some cases how are you going to deal with that? I mean, fiber to the home, uh, with a lot of connections, you might have what people call these latency issues and whatever. Backhaul wise, I mean, are there wholesale investments on the infrastructure side there enough to exploit there this commercial opportunity.
1: There's, uh, to, to be honest, there's not enough uh, investment in that backhaul infrastructure mm. across the country, and uh, part of the part of the issue is also getting what I call carrier neutral backhaul infrastructure mm-hmm. so that you are able to allow a myriad of uh, startups in in broadband to be able to climb into the highway and provide affordable uh, broadband services to communities. Mm-hmm. That, there's very limited investment. Investments that exist are done by incumbents. And yeah. uh, the business models, they are quite restrictive because I have a sense that the all sell pricing, even though you can get it, but it's all volume-driven. If mm. you're if you are a startup, you don't have the volume to to bring the unit price down. That's why you need an investment in carrier-neutral infrastructure to connect the small towns. So, for example, you, that you couldn't get the Internet breakout in the Eastern Cape, uh, except you, you pick the Internet in Hazelfontaine, in Cape Town, and in Tunzean, in Devon. Through our investment, we've created a point of presence in, in in the ELI desert, all of a sudden now, all the ISPs, uh, the startups, can pay the price of internet, mm. not at the landing station in Cape Town, right into ELI desert. But you need this to be the end down all over. So as that more and more young people can climb into this thing and begin to provide, to provide the service. So there's a need to invest in terror-neutral uh, backhaul, connecting mm. all the small towns by province across the country. Yeah. And that's the investment that is needed.
0: to Put Vuyyankaz I mean, just uh, briefly, on whose responsibility that would fall on. I mean, this idea of making the investments, the underlying investments in carrier-neutral capability. I mean, is it broadband InfraCo, as uh, some of us might wish to think, or is it um, about, I guess, pooling all the resources that might sit at USAF, which is the universal, you know, service fund, um, and yeah. deploying that. I, I, it's still to me unclear. Yeah. Uh, aside from the incumbents, who would be required to make uh, available infrastructure investments that would be seen as a public good that everybody can latch on to and piggyback over?
1: Yeah. Yeah, look, I think there are different models. One, you could get broadband infrastructure code to do this. Uh, they are, if you look at what the Americans are doing, the, the American government is providing infrastructure grants sure. to investors in the rural areas, the areas that are underserved. So then you've got the effic- you've got the efficiency of the private sector with the de-risking of the investment by the public sector mm. because of the they de-risk it because initially you're gonna have slow uptake. So my preference is the American model because it works sure. to get the efficiency of the private sector. But obviously it doesn't help to take the grant and give to the current incumbents because those incumbents are vertically kind of integrated structures. Mm. Now even though it's also you can get it, it's actually uh, not pure open access so the americans are doing that so i think that's a model but at the same time there is a role for bbi to actually start to connect all the small towns and then if you look at the infrastructure fund which sits in the presidency i think the biggest intervention that should be done is to take a big chunk of that and invest in connecting all the small towns in the country mm-hmm. to the highway that way you create a platform for small isps to break out Sell internet, Wi Fi in small villages, have young people starting to be entrepreneurs without the cost of the burden of, I mean, the business case fails, the backhaul most of the time. Sure. So sure. we have to look at how do we invest in, in, in this in as this, uh, part of the uh, retail level and start to look at the area, regional base, based backhaul. So investing in backhaul is key. Otherwise, we can create you know, so many jobs, so many entrepreneurs, so many ISPs in mm. the villages. That one is an issue. There's a need for investment, and, and that's DBI potentially.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean that's potentially the most capital-intensive <laughs> part, and and I'm quite interested. I mean in, in the U.S. model, as as you frame it there, because one would think you know there are many investors who are, might already have exposure to some of these areas. I mean DBSA was one that comes to mind. Um, they one of the largest lenders to municipalities broadly defined. Are we starting to see more of that? I guess more and more of even some of the development financiers. Who are starting to make big plays upstream that might be able to unlock commercial opportunity for small ISPs um, on the more retail side of things?
1: Yeah, I think I think if you look at the, the D in particular, including IPC, by the way, mm. they have got a huge appetite for for digital infrastructure. The key issue here is 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 around a blended approach sure. because you're getting to territories, you're getting to smaller towns that are going to take longer to to fire up, if you like. Mm. So a, a, a government, a, a kind of a fund, that de-risk, that investment, initially you blend uh, the, the private equity, uh, the debt, with, together with the government infrastructure grant to sure. allow sure. even smaller towns, even villages to have access to the young people to be able to innovate. On so You see, the difference is, when it, when it comes to data, there's no the brand don't count in mm. an area. Base. So if you are in an area, you're looking for speed, you're looking for price, you're looking for security. So effectively, if you go to a hotel, you don't ask, I want Wi-Fi from this brand. Mm. You just look, is it secure? Is it fast enough? Is it at the right price that you are paying for? That's all. So which means sure. it, it has been neutralized. So all we need is to create the right infrastructure platform for young people to innovate. And this elite is moving in that direction. Mm. It's doing this. But there
0: should be more of Elita's yeah, coming yeah, up yeah. throughout. You you know, know, the barrier is back yeah. on infrastructure. Exactly. And, and just on that, because you know no, no, your okay. well of knowledge in this space is something we also want to tap into. We'll come back to Elita and uh, some of the things that you're doing there. But uh, I think there are many of these thorny, industry-wide issues that uh, we yep. probably would love to hear your views and perspectives on. I mean, the other one um, is what um, many people are calling consolidation, that we might end up with a duopoly in certain segments of the market in telcos, fiber to the home, fiber to the business. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've seen in the last while a lot was said about the MTN Telcom, uh, a potential tie up, which might come back, uh, according to others, which has at its center, I think, uh, a hunger for fiber um, and backhaul questions. And then similarly, Vodacom, you know, buying into the dark fiber Africa's the Vumatels, and, you know, even the looming. Or potential acquisitions, Herotel. It seems there's a lot of deal play at the moment in the sector that is clearly showing that we might have as an outcome, if indeed things follow a particular course, a very duopolistic, so two dominant players in the space that you say is the problem and that numbs out the business cases, which happens to be the backhaul story. Just your reflections on that.
1: Yeah, look, I think that there's a fundamental issue with the structures of the Afghan economy, not only in telecoms. In mm. banks, there's uh, five banks or so three telcos, four retailers. Sure. It's all highly concentrated. What it does, bits of data. Forget mm. about it, because there are three instruments that a government has to deal with pricing, with the cost of data. One is licensing. Tool is price regulation. Both of these are inefficient instruments, and they can attract negativity around the economy. Mm-hmm. But the single important tool to drive prices down is to sponsor competition. Hence, what we're talking about: um,
2: sure.
1: fiber rings, all of that. They can allow more small players to come in. But if you look, if I if I go straight to the consolidation issue, mm. so we are not worried about consolidation. per say from a market, from an opportunity to play the sure. fair. Obviously, it, it consolidation worries around uh, con- the the concentration of the economy, uh, competitiveness of the economy, always going to be the issue. Mm. But the consolidation is driven by investment strategy of those uh, companies more than market saturation. So from a point of data point of view, we think that the market is still growing and is underserved. And that consolidation, so it normally, you consolidate when there's market saturation, there's not the the pie, the market has become a pie of fixed size to win somebody must lose. Therefore, the others don't survive and they get eaten up. Where we are, the market is still growing. So many uh, people are not accessing data at affordable rate, at the speed that is needed. Mm. So therefore, the consolidation is driven by investment strategy, but also the need to show up capability in order to be able to attack the market more. So, most white spaces in the market, spaces for young startups to come up and still play. But of course the trend towards consolidation plus concentration of the economy, which I think government needs to think about it mm-hmm. and say, how do we deconcentrate the economy without breaking breaking the big companies, so to speak?
0: But sure. create spaces sure.
1: for mid market players to play and so on.
0: And of course, some of the mid-market players uh, could potentially in the future be the likes of Elita as well. Um, And talking about this, I mean, you you say you've invested nearly between 30 and 40 million in this business case. I mean, that just should be a signal of how high the barriers to entry are in the segments that you want to play. And you must be very confident that, uh, you know, uh, many of the households uh, in the township of Mdanzane in the first instance uh are really really i guess uh, going to be a captive market for this
1: yeah look at think to be honest with you it's it's no brainer uh you see the there are three there are three conditions for for entry in any industry in any market for new entrants to come in mm. one is that, is when the market is underserved which means the product is not of the right quality uh then the the incumbents are not creating providing a good service the second uh, indicator is when prices are very high so people are paying more as a result the bigger part of the population is not able to access the product uh, at quantities that they they want to consume it and uh, the third element is around what i call technology transition when technology transition to a new platform therefore it tends to equalize the investment for both incumbent and new entrants and if you look at the south African market in the in the township in particular all three conditions exist uh the People are underserved, quality of broadband is not as good as it should be. It's all mobile, there needs to be investment on densification of 3G, 5, 4G, 5G. So there's a need for investment. Secondly, the price is high. I did say that we think that people are paying more for what we deem as an inferior service uh, in the township by virtue of them not being able to buy bulk bundles, mm. no getting to long-term contracts. Yeah. Therefore, the unit cost, they can't. They can't get the unit cost that the more people, the people in the urban areas can get. The third element is that the communication has moved from voice to to data-centric mm, services. Mm. Now, data knows no brand. You can compete with any big brand, at least for markets that are more in an area-based or location-based. So that's, as long as the quality is good, the, the brand doesn't matter that much. The brand matter for Mobile people who go province by province, who move around, you need to know this brand. Does it have coverage? Better coverage. But if I sit in Tanzania, if in Tanzania is covered mm. very well, and, and I spend more time in that region, then all I worry about is it affordable, is it super fast, and is it uh, is it secure enough for me to actually transact on the platform? So mm. conditions are there. We're quite comfortable that. Uh, um that the market will respond and uh and and I think we want to be aggressive and roll out into more and more more township to actually bridge the digital divide
0: mm-hmm. Hold the line there for me for a second, but uh Vuyani, uh, we've got one uh, of our callers, um Selby who's out uh, on our lines and uh, he has a, an input or a question you'd like to make
2: you Ayo, um,
0: that's not Selby
2: it huh? is allow. These big companies um, to come and service communities within within black townships. I roughly pay around 400 rands for for Wi-Fi. It's unlimited, but what about the spe- the, the the speed? It's 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 another issue, and mm. how many families are able to actually afford them? Uh, with the little research that I've done in 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 my township um most families no longer use the wi-fi um it was installed by vuma tell mm. because it's costly people only use it because there's a special where you pay 20 bucks and then that's it next month you're not able to raise 400 friends what 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 mr jahan is actually doing is what is needed in our townships for people to pay less for the internet because now it has clearly become a, a an important service that is needed by communities because people are unemployed people are running small businesses you need the internet to always try and 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 connect yourself with 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 the outside world but it's going to be difficult for most people to afford 400 rands every month if we were to pay 100 rands for a reasonable speed of of internet coverage i wouldn't mind paying that thank you but Vian,
0: your your thoughts on, uh, I guess, what Selby is sharing with us there.
2: It's a spot,
1: spot on, spot on. I think uh, one of the key things is to be able to provide service on a truly totally prepaid basis. Uh, many companies say they have got prepaid services, which are chunky. Actually, it's not prepaid. It's actually a no-contracts proposition. Mm. What we do, we provide a truly totally prepaid services. Uh, we know the sociology of township and rural living, because we come from there, People, when they use a train or a bus, they buy a ticket for today, for a week, for a month. We provide the home the possibility to buy, to buy for the time that for you, if you've got money to buy access for today, you buy it for today. bought mm. for a week, you buy it for a week, which means you don't have to have the whole uh, monthly uh, money to actually be able to access the Internet. Sure. And also, we also know that families are not of the same size. So a family that has got the one person living in shouldn't pay the uh, the price of somebody of a family of five or six. We have started to look at the proposition of somebody who's living alone who's got a single device, a small family with three devices or three people, and a fully fledged family up to up to ten devices and then this brings down the cost the cost uh, the the of the service down because you're only paying for what is a package that is good mm. for you? So that's how we have engineered this thing to make sure it's affordable and also the economics still still stack up quite well. And also we've created a neighborhood network. It's so. not just at your home. You can you can you can actually it's a nomadic network out of home because we know that people. Uh, Townships and communities it's about neighbor. you go to the neighbor? Uh, you go to the recreational facilities. You spend more time out of home. Mm. We need and let enable you to use the network uh, even out of home using the same price that you you sure. that you pay sure. uh, when you are at home. So a uh, well thought through, driven by the customer needs, and uh, and I think I think from 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 what we put on the table, we we see the possibilities for actually get more people to use the internet and be able to create jobs and be able to be active online, so to speak.
0: But Vyan, just as we wrap up, uh, for you know, people from uh Mtanzane where I guess you've started NU one right through to NU eighteen or where where, where is you, this connectivity you, found?
1: Yeah you you are we're on Ward forty eight now, it's more NU ten and we're also dealing with Ward twenty. But the ambition is to connect all the Wards in Muntanzane. And from there, we're going to go to Guamashu. We okay. we are intending to, to make a big, big, big uh, deployment there. We, uh, we are at the advanced stage of uh, preparing to deploy there. But uh, we, as we raise capital, because the barrier on this mm. thing is, is, is capital to back you. But we put our stake on the ground to make to make sure we push through. We're quite optimistic that we're going to get back us uh, to actually make us roll this uh I mean, the project is has got good financial return, but it's big on social impact. Yeah, so we're looking yeah. for impact investors. who uh, will see the bigger picture of closing the gap on digital divide, but we can still give them a return on their investment. That's how we are thinking about this. Well thought through social mm. impact investment, but with, with with good returns for investors. We're looking for pension capital. People are taking a medium to long-term view on returns because if they push for short-term, then what it does, it drives prices up effectively, taking a big part of the community mm. uh, out of the market, not being able to, to access the service. So that's how we are thinking about the model. That's what we are rolling out in Tanzania. And we're going to go to other areas too. But Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
0: Vujan Jakhana, the founder of
2: Elita Communications, our guest for our Tech Conversations.